Heavenly Father, as we prepare our hearts to open your word this morning to hear some good news, we invite your Holy Spirit to continue to dwell among us, to encourage us, to restore us, to heal us, and to bring us new life on this day. God, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are indeed our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I was younger, um, I used to travel a lot. And uh, by the time I was 28, uh, I had visited uh, 32 countries and I had lived on four different continents. Uh, I would just like to go, go, go. And uh, if you've ever been uh, to a new city uh, somewhere in a far off place, there are a variety of ways to kind of learn and engage that city, to experience that new city. Now, one way uh, you can uh, just get off the plane and start walking around the city and just kind of drift and kind of meander and see some things. uh, And maybe you'll get something out of it and you'll probably see some stuff, but you'll probably miss a lot of that city. The second way uh, that you can experience a brand new uh, city is by getting a map. And you can fold out a map or maybe your GPS on your your phone today and you can kind of look around the city and you can go, oh, that's over there, so let's go over that way. And a map kind of helps you to navigate different parts of a city. And it's a better way for you to be just a little bit more intentional about taking on a new city. But you're probably still going to miss a lot of things in that city. The third way uh, that you can engage and experience a new city, if you've never been there before, is through getting a guidebook. And a guidebook is a wonderful way for you to learn about the best uh, top 10 places, things to see in that city. Go visit this restaurant, go see uh, that museum, that kind of thing. And a a guidebook can be a nice way for you to help uh, experience that city in uh, in a more full way. But I think the best way uh, to really take on a new city and really learn about a new city, a place that you've never been before, is to hire a personal guide. Maybe someone who has lived in that city their entire life, someone who can uh, help you to avoid the tourist traps, someone who can help you uh, go down and and see a restaurant that everybody else is going to miss, someone who doesn't know about that little uh, hole in the wall of a place that you just got to see and you can learn about uh, the interesting things of that city. And I remember uh, many years ago, I was with a church group uh, traveling around uh, Israel and Palestine. And we had a guide that we had hired. His name was Naim. And Naim was 72 years old. He was born in Bethlehem. He was a Palestinian. He was a Palestinian Christian. And Naim had spent his entire life traveling around and in that area of Palestine and Israel in the Holy Land. And for a couple weeks, we got to travel all over and see the nooks and crannies and see and hear the backstory and the archaeology. And, and we didn't just get to go into restaurants, but we got to meet the owners of the restaurants. And, and we got to meet the museum curators. And we got the, to meet some of the priests who, um, the Orthodox priests who worked and, and served at some of the churches. And it was a very rich experience. And we followed Naeem and he took us everywhere. And we got to see the ins and outs and truly experience 
the Holy Land. You know, it's a whole lot like life, is that we can go through life and just kind of drift along. And frankly, by the way, many people do. No map, no plan, just kind of go through life, whatever comes, whatever happens, just to be like, okay, here it is. Or you can go through life with a map, and there are many maps out there that can kind of tell you how to get through life. Usually you find them in the self-help section at your local bookstore or online, and a map is going to kind of say, you can try this, and you can try this, and you can try this, and you can try all sorts of things as you go through life. You can even uh, go through life uh, with a, a guidebook. And you can read and dig deeper and deeper and deeper. And of course, you can go through life with a guide, someone who can help you along the way. And there's not a shortage of them out there. Just turn on the TV, turn on the radio, follow them on the internet. There are a plethora of people out there who can tell you what life is all about and where you want to go. And some of them can be really, really convincing. And this morning, I want to talk to you about another guide for life, the Holy Spirit. And for the next few weeks, we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit moves in our lives and how the Holy Spirit guides us through our lives. And we've titled this sermon uh, series, Plugged In. And the key to understanding this sermon series is that if we are not plugged in to the Holy Spirit, that we can very easily just kind of wander through life, that we need to be intentional about connecting with the Holy Spirit and being plugged in. Now, for those of us uh, maybe who grew up in the church, oftentimes we have a bit of a fuzzy understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, right? If you grew up Catholic, you maybe have a really good understanding of God the Father. God the Creator, the one who created all the world, and then um, God kind of is up in the sky, up in heaven somewhere, right? And if you grew up in Catholic, maybe you think of a stoic God, someone who created everything and then kind of sits back and watches everything happen on earth. If you grew up Protestant, like uh, many of us uh, have, uh, you probably have got a, a focus on uh, Jesus, God's son. Jesus was that guy who lived 2,000 years ago. He did lots of miracles, did lots of teaching. He died on a cross, rose again, hung out with his disciples for a few days, and then he ascended to be with God in heaven. He's, uh, Jesus, of course, is a historical figure. And if you grew up in the Lutheran church, that's maybe your experience with God the Son. I'm guessing not a lot of us here at Faith grew up Pentecostal. Probably not a lot of us grew up in a church where there were lots of signs and wonders and healing, maybe even speaking in tongues. Now, there's probably a few of you here. But that's probably not most of our experience. But as Lutherans, as Christians, we fully believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to spend some time talking about God the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is a really important aspect, a really important person, a really important part of who God is. And too often we neglect the Holy Spirit, that presence of God that comes and lives and dwells with us day in 
and day out. So this morning, if you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you to go to John 16. We'll put it up on the screen there. John 16, beginning with verse 5. John, the fourth gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John 16. Let me give you a little context for what's going on in the story. Jesus spends three years with his disciples, and they do lots of teaching, lots of healing, lots of extraordinary acts that are going on. And there's lots of momentum among the people for following Jesus. And one day, Jesus looks at his disciples, and it's around Passover time. And at Passover time, that means everybody's supposed to go to Jerusalem and celebrate the Passover feast. Jesus looks at his disciples and says, guys, time to go to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, to remember God's faithfulness in the lives of our people for generations. And so as they're getting ready to go to Jerusalem and travel, Jesus said, the Passover this year, it's going to look a little different. They're going to sacrifice lambs on the altar. But this year, I'm going to be the Passover lamb. This year, I'm going to die on the altar for all of humanity. This year, my blood is going to be spilled. And then after that, I'm dying and I'm going away. And the disciples are like, what? You're the Messiah. You came to rescue us. You came to save us. You came to help us overthrow Rome. You can't leave. We've been so excited. And Jesus says, no, I'm going away. And the disciples are distraught and they're confused and they're angry and they're hurt and they're not really sure what's going on. And Jesus explains to them what's going on in John 16, beginning with verse 5. But now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that unless I go away, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer and about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. This is a very confusing teaching for the disciples because Jesus is talking about the advocate. And other translations use the language the comforter the one who comes and counsels, the one who comes and heals, the one who comes and dwells with the people. And, and for these people, when they hear the word, the Holy Spirit, 
They're thinking of the Old Testament. And when the old, in the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit only came to kings and to prophets and to special people. The Holy Spirit did not come to ordinary people in the Old Testament. Every now and then the, old, uh, the, the Holy Spirit would show up to a commoner, but God was about to do something new. This idea that the Holy Spirit was coming to the disciples and to all these people, it, it was unheard of because only the Holy Spirit worked through ex- extraordinary people in extraordinary times and in extraordinary places. Not common everyday people. So like, Jesus, we don't understand this makes no sense. And they're sad and they're grieving and they're confused. And Jesus is speaking this jumbled language about the Holy Spirit coming. And they have no idea what he's talking about. They know the Holy Spirit has something to do with power, but they certainly don't believe that the power is going to come and manifest in them. Jesus said, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the, 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 the healer, the comforter, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So as Jesus is living, soon he's going to die after he does this teaching. He's going to hang on a cross. He's going to be buried in a tomb. Three days later, he is going to come back. He's going to have fish on the beach in Galilee a few days later with his disciples. They're going to hang out around a campfire, and they're going to be so excited, and they'll be like, Jesus, the resurrected Christ is back. The Messiah is here to stay. And then after a few days, Jesus ascends back to the Father. He goes away. Have you ever wondered why Jesus ascended back to the Father? Wouldn't it be so much easier if he just stayed after the resurrection? Wouldn't that have been so much better? Because as we're facing struggles, challenges, hardships in our lives, we can be like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go see Jesus. And then we go find Jesus and say, Jesus, here's the deal. I need your help. Right? Wouldn't that have been such a better plan for him to not ascend back and sit at the right hand of the Father? Man. I think that would have been a much better plan. Hey, Jesus is in Minneapolis. Let's go see him. Right? Because that is the Holy Land for Lutherans, right? (laughs) And we would just, wherever Jesus is, we would go find him. And just like in ancient times, we'd seek him out and say, here's the deal, Jesus. Now what do I do? Here's the struggle. Here's the hardship. Give me an answer. Just speak. That would have been so much easier if he had just stayed here. But Jesus said, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go I will send him to you. See, what Jesus is telling the disciples on that day is that if he just stays all day long, all he can do is stay in Jerusalem. He can't be in Jerusalem and Hong Kong at the same time. Jesus can't, in, in human, remember, he was fully human, just like you and me. You could pinch him, you could touch him, you could talk to him. He was fully human, and as a fully human being, he couldn't be everywhere. 
He couldn't be in Paris. He couldn't be in Buenos Aires. He couldn't be in Hong Kong all at the same time. As long as he was a human being. He said, I have to go away because I am a human being. Just like you. And I need to go so that I can spread my spirit, the spirit of God all over the earth. And he tells us that's why he had to go. So that all of us, whether we're in Bloomington, Illinois, in Nashville, Tennessee, in Nicaragua, in Panama, in Jerusalem, everywhere, all people of all times that we can all experience and have the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's why he left. So that all of us on the earth today All seven billion of us can experience this guidance of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus continues on. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. You know, one of the important things I think we need to be reminded of, and I want to talk a little bit about today, camp out on this idea of how the Holy Spirit guides us in truth. Can we just talk about truth for a little bit? I think we all could, you know, use a little bit, a bigger dose of truth in the world. Jesus says, I I have come to give you truth. This is the guidebook. But not just truth in God's word, but he's also given us the Holy Spirit to help understand what is going on in the guidebook. So we can leave this place and go out in the world and understand truth wherever we go. So we can understand truth on Monday morning when we go to work. We can understand truth on Tuesday when we go to school. Wednesday we can understand truth when we're at our sporting events. Thursday we can understand truth uh, when we're out with our friends. Friday we can understand truth when we go to the movies. Saturday we can understand truth. So when we're hanging out with our families, truth is just right there among us. Jesus says, I want, I have come to give you truth. It's a guidebook and it's at your disposal. I, I invite you to read it. But not just a guidebook, but a personal guide, a guidance counselor to walk alongside every single one of you. And it's the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, as we think about truth, why, why is truth important? Well, truth helps guide us through our everyday lives. Let me give you a couple different examples of how I think this works. So I'm driving down the radio and uh, down the radio i'm driving down the road (laughs) and i hear on the radio that there's a car accident up ahead and that truth helps me to make a detour and change my route it helps me to navigate a different path in life or um, i read in the newspaper um, Maybe about, uh, what's something that's happened this past, oh, about the Red Cross. There were some Red Cross awards this past week. And I read in the, uh, in the newspaper this week about some people who are being honored uh, for, uh, through the Red Cross for doing some pretty neat things in the community. And I recognized one of the names of someone who was being honored. And so I was able to reach out to them and say, hey, congratulations. And, and by the way, I didn't know that's what you were doing, um, uh, what you have done. And, and I just want to say congratulations. And so that truth that I read in the newspaper helped me to reach out and to navigate, to connect with someone that I didn't know anything about it. 
Another example of, of truth this past week uh, that I ran across is as I was reading online that uh, a young man who used to play baseball with my son is running in the cross-country uh, state meet this weekend. And, and, I just, and so I sent him a note on social media saying, wow, that's really cool. Congratulations. Good luck. I hope you run really fast. And so the truth that I discovered uh, through Facebook this week helped me to reach out and connect with him and encourage him along. Sometimes I read uh, in the pantograph uh, the, the obituaries. In fact, I read the obituaries pretty regularly. And one of the reasons why I read the obituaries is because I want to know about people who have gone on to be with the Lord so that I can maybe reach out to them and their, uh, to their families and say, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. See, when we consume different pieces of news uh, in our lives, it helps us to navigate life. It, know, it helps us to know who to reach out to, who to connect with. And there can be a lot of value and paying attention to all the news in the world and all the, a lot of the news in the world can really help us to know how to navigate, how to journey along and, and when to reach out to people and when to connect with people. But do you know that there is a whole lot of garbage out there too? <laughs> Not all news is made equal. There is just a whole lot of junk out there. And so who, you know, what, what news are you listening to? What TV station what radio commentary person are you listening? What podcast person? Because there's a whole lot of junk out there, and it's not always easy to know what is truth and what is not true. And we're living in a day and time where there is a real assault on truth. And everybody says all sorts of crazy stuff. And they say, oh, it's true because I said it, Right? There's all this noise going on out there about, oh, I've got the truth. No, I've got the truth. And the volume just gets louder and louder and louder. And this is the culture. This is the society in which we live. And we get to the point in time where there's a shooting in a house of prayer last week, and we're like, gee, how did that happen? It's because the rhetoric of hate it's the rhetoric of the noise and people speaking truth gets louder and louder and louder. Folks all over the place. And it's so hard to know what is true. But Jesus comes to us this morning and says, I got, I've got a way for you to know what's true. It's my word. It's Holy Scripture. Because lots of the news, a lot of the truth that you will hear out there leads to death and destruction. Jesus says, I've got some good news for you. It's my word. And by the way, I'm not going to just leave you with a guidebook, but I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit. My news, my truth leads to life. It leads to joy. It leads to peace. And not that your lives are going to be all fixed or put back together. But my news, my truth is going to give you something that you don't have to worry and wonder about. Sometimes I just have to cut myself off from the news because it's just so depressing. And I, I don't know what to believe. I listen to a lot of different media outlets and, and I read a lot of different things. And I, I try and kind of, you know, read a wide range of stuff and I try and put it together. And I'm not always sure. But I tell you what, folks, every morning when I pick up the Bible, I don't wonder. Because I, I, just, I just bathe in, in God's word, and it's just like, ah, oh, there's some good news. 
I'm just going to shut off the rest of it because it's, it's just so confusing and I don't understand it. And God's word just, just washes over me. And it's not just his word, but it's Holy Spirit who comes and speaks to me and heals me and renews me when I just say, Lord, I don't know what to do today. Just, just speak and, and, and heal me and encourage me. And he does. And that's the kind of truth that we as Christ followers, as Jesus followers, need to be about and really paying attention to who the guide is in our life. Um, Jesus says, when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you in all truth. See, the spirit helps us to know what we need to know. The Holy Spirit helps us know what we need to know as we go through life. Several years ago, uh, when our family first moved to Atlanta, Georgia, I was the new pastor uh, at an inner city church, and uh, it was my installation service, and uh, it was really exciting, it was really fun. Our family had just moved from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and here we are in the heart of Atlanta, Georgia, inner city church. And so I'm shaking hands, and people are greeting me. People are welcoming me and my family, and uh, my parents were there. And, and it was just a great time. And, and uh, so all these people were, were having these conversations, and it's just kind of this great big um, service and time together as a church. And along the way, uh, this guy, somewhere in his, he was really old. He was 50 probably, right? He walked up to me and said, hey, my name is Pat Kane, and you don't need to remember me. He said, uh, I live in Tennessee, and, um, but my mom, uh, Ada, uh, she came up with a walker. Um, he said, this is Ada Kane, and uh, I, I don't normally come to church here. Um, in fact, Ada, you need to know, she's one of your homebound uh, members here at Redeemer. And uh, she usually doesn't come to church. I just happened to be in town visiting her. And so we thought we would come see the new pastor. So, um, you know, Pastor Brian, uh, meet Ada. And Ada was 96 years old. And uh, she came in in a, you know, like I say, in a walker. And I said, Ada, it's really nice to meet you. Uh, How are you doing? And she said, you know, I'm 96. Um, I'm kind of wearing out a little bit. And she said, you know, one of the hard things about being 96, it's not so much my physical health, it's just that I've outlived all my friends. She said, you know, I'm really lonely. I've outlived all, all my siblings, my parents, you know, just a lot of family members. And 96 isn't all that it's, you know, cracked up to be. And I said, oh, Ada, I'm sorry to hear that. She said, I just, I'm so lonely. I just, I don't know anybody anymore, you know? And so here she was meeting the new pastor. And she said, life is just, um, it's a little bit hard. I don't get out a lot. And I just don't feel very connected even to the church anymore. So we talked a little bit more. And I, um, she said to me, well, where are you from? And I, I shared with her, I was from Minnesota. And uh, I said, you know, but my mom grew up on a farm in Iowa. And she said, oh, she said, I grew up in Iowa. And, uh, and she said, where, where did you grow, where did your mom grow up? And I said, well, it's a small farm community in northwest Iowa. And she said, oh, me too. I grew up in a farm community in northwest Iowa too. And uh, where, where at? And I said, well, it's this little town called Algona, Iowa. And she said, I grew up near Algona, Iowa. 
And I said, really? And she said, yeah. And, and she said, where at in Algona? Because there's a lot of these little farm communities around there. I said, oh, you won't know it. It's this tiny, itty-bitty, you don't even slow down it. You go 55 miles an hour down the road, right through town. There's three houses in town. It's called Lots Creek. And she said, I grew up in Lots Creek. My dad was the pastor of the church across the street. And I said, Ada, you have got to meet my mother. And so Ada and my mom talked and talked and talked and shared all sorts of stories about my mom growing up and Ada in this community. There were two houses in this community, my grandmother's house and Ada's house. The other house had since burned down. They grew up right across the street from each other. Now, Ada was quite a bit older than my mom. My mom today is about 75, and this was many years ago. So they didn't know each other. Four months later, Ada died. And I got to preside at her funeral. And I have to tell you, it was an extraordinary moment because I knew that Ada was able to make some connections again before she died. She was able to relive her childhood and talk to someone who truly knew about the community of Lots Creek. Folks, I have vivid memories there. That's where I used to shoot bunny rabbits and squirrels and I shot my first pheasant. I mean, I knew Lots Creek. I want to remind you, the city of Atlanta is about 6 million plus. The entire state of Iowa is almost 3 million. How is it that we ended up at a church service on a Sunday morning? By the way, as I said, Ada was homebound. She didn't normally come to church. She just happened to be on the Sunday when my mom was in church. How does that happen? The world might call that a coincidence, right? I don't believe so. That's the Holy Spirit. And I think that's an example in our lives. of The Holy Spirit gives us what we need to know when we need to know it. Have you ever woken up, uh, waking up, woke, woke, have you ever gotten up in the morning? <laughs> and you're reading scripture and you, you read a passage like, huh. And then you go throughout your day, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa. That's exactly the word I needed to hear that morning. Yeah, I mean, at, at 10 o'clock in the morning, you're going through, through work, and all of a sudden you go back to that scripture text that you just read that morning. And it just speaks to you. And you hadn't read that text in forever. And all of a sudden you read that text that morning. You're like, huh, that's interesting. I wonder what that's all about. You go through your day at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, whoa, that scripture. I needed to hear that scripture text. Guys, so I've got on my, um, I've got version on my phone. And so I've got one of these uh, Bible apps. This is what I read this morning um, as I was getting up. I got up this morning. And I was doing some quiet time. I was reading scripture. And on my U version, uh, I've got a verse of the day. And this is the, uh, the verse of the day on Ecclesiastes 11.5. And it says this, Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. I read that this morning. I'm like, well, this is kind of an interesting text. Right? Because I'm getting up to preach today. 
And the Holy Spirit was telling me today, Brian, you ain't got nothing. You don't know anything. Because if you know how the wind blows, and by the way, I went out on my run and I'm getting blown all over my run this morning, and I'm thinking about Ecclesiastes. If you know how the wind blows, then you got something to say. But if you don't know where the wind is coming from and where the wind's blowing, get on your knees and be humble. You've got nothing to say. And by the way, I'm a guy, I don't know anything about childbirth. And it was an extraordinary time for me this morning to prepare to stand before you to say something and God say to me, be humble, be humble. Speak to those people, preach to those people, give them some truth, but be humble. Guys, it's exactly what I needed today. I didn't go looking for Ecclesiastes 11.5 this morning. The Holy Spirit just gave it to me. And sometimes the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to us through his word. Sometimes the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to us through a song on the radio. Sometimes the Holy Spirit shows up in our lives through another person and they speak to us and they give us exactly what we need in that moment. See, if you're a Jesus follower, there is one word you need to banish from your vocabulary, coincidence. There is no such thing as a coincidence for a Christ follower. There are only divine appointments. And when God shows up in your life through his word, through someone else, through a song, through something, you're just like, whoa, that's not a coincidence. That's the Holy Spirit. And I'm convinced that we need to do, a, I need to do a much better job listening and seeing and experiencing the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's moving. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. God, we thank you um, that you are with us, that your Holy Spirit is all around us, that your Holy Spirit is moving through us. And Lord, while the world calls all these things coincidence or small world, whatever it might be, Lord, we, that, we, don't, we just reject all that. We believe that you are moving, that you are breathing, that you are active, that Lord, you continue to show up with divine appointments in our lives and in this world. So Lord, awaken the Holy Spirit in each one of us. Come and renew us. Remind us of whose we are in you. And teach us, Lord, to go out into the world to share your good news with others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.